You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, go ahead and hit it. Hey, good morning and welcome. It's Dave's Corner Garage. My name's Dave Redinger, and besides me is... Big Al. Actually, thank you. Not thank that you. Big. Thank you. I'm not that big, really. Not that big. We got a great show for you today. Actually, I go through the old shows, and they're all good. They really are good. I enjoy doing them. And that's why they let us continue to do this. Yes. <laughs> well, we're in our 21st uh, season. And even Frank was saying. I had hair show, when I first came here. Frank, you know, he was taking care of his begonia. But then he said, you know, <laughs> I got to tell you, my, my wife really likes your show. And I said, it sounds like he was surprised. I mean, lots of people <laughs> like our show. Anyways, today we're going to have with us uh, Trevor Hutchison from Crown. We're going to talk about when is a good time to uh, spray your car. And it happens to be now because the weather goes from zero to what's going to be 23 next week, something like that. Well, it's important that uh, you get it done now because now's the worst time of year. I'll, I'll leave it for him to explain yeah, it. But, exactly right. But that freeze thaw really makes a big difference. Omvix uh, Registrar John Carmichael is going to join us. And we're talking about one of the largest frauds. In Ontario's history, uh, almost $3 million worth of cars that were stolen financially and disappeared overseas. So that's going to be an interesting story. And we're going to hear from the OPP, uh, tow truck wars. You know, these tow trucks are fighting for customers, and what they do is uh, uh, they're getting violent. People have been shot. People have been killed. Tow trucks have been put on fire. And we're going to talk about some of the solutions that the government has come up with. I mean, actually, uh, they're finally going to do something? I mean, it's not yeah. like we, we haven't seen this. This has been going on for an awful long time. As long as I can remember, uh, the, the tow trucks have been a problem. We used to call them industry chasers, mm-hmm. you know, where they, they grab the, the wreck, they take it to their favorite body shop, and all of a sudden the insurance company is being raped, and the, uh, the owner is being raped, and uh, the guy that wins is the guy that owns the pound. Well, exactly, yeah. and for the most part, you know, the, the, the tow trucks are everybody's excuses. Don't worry, the insurance is paying for this. You know? Exactly right. But By the way, the, in the end, we're really all paying for it. Of my love for my pace from the CAA, mm-hmm. I get my insurance. Uh, it looks like I'm going to end up spending $800 this year on insuring my car versus the initial quote of 2500 bucks. Now, I bought insurance in April, and I've, I forecasted how much I was going to use, and it looks like it's going to be $800 for insuring. Yeah, but for how many cars is that? Just one car. They wanted $2,500. Okay, and now it's costing you $800? $800. Bucks. And Barb, uh, Barb's car is going to be less because she drives less. Well, that sounds like the monopoly thing where the mid- they, 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 made, they made a mistake, a bank error, and now you're going to get yeah. money back. Yeah, of course. So uh, I love my pace. What the heck? I can I can admit it. I love it. By the way, if you want to reach us and you want to give us some questions, you can call us after the half hour or uh, just email us at davescornergarage.com. That's our website. There's lots of information there. And you can click on any one of our sponsors. There's a sponsor page or just click on their logo and it'll take you directly to 
their site. You want to add anything, Al? It's spray-in time again. We're going to leave you. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, you know what? I didn't know this, but I was looking up. More dead batteries are sold in the summer than they are in the winter. Why would they sell dead batteries? Well, they're selling. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's out there buying them. Well, you got to <laughs> make get a eight bucks a piece. Two for one. <laughs> no, you get eight bucks a piece for the core. For the old batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Well, no, actually, I had someone in who uh, was kind of upset because their son had got to the big box store, bought a battery, put it in her car, and they said, you can get eight bucks for the old one. So when she went to the big box store, they said, where's the original credit card that this was purchased on? She oh, said, yes. I, I don't know, but here's the dead battery. Give me eight bucks. I said, no, nah, it doesn't work like that. Fascinating. And besides, All kinds I, of crazy things. Just slapping a battery in it is not the right thing. Uh, doing a VAR test is the right thing. And then slapping a battery in it. Well, exactly. Otherwise, uh, you get slapped twice. That's exactly <laughs> right. Once for the wrong purchase, next for the right purchase. Anyway, okay. we got to get out of here. We'll be back with Trevor Hutchison right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We're having a blast here at AM740 Studios. We'll be right back. Alrighty, we're back. Uh, my name's Dave Redinger, and I'm with Alan Gelman. Mm-hmm. And on the phone with us is Trevor Hutchison. Freeman Young is the uh, president of Crown, and he once told me, what is greener, to build a new car or save the one that you have? So actually, Trevor is in the uh, environmental business. True? Yeah, that is correct, David. You're absolutely right. <laughs> it's true. I mean, how much does it cost to build a new car, and how much uh, carbons and, and stuff do you put out in the atmosphere when you do that versus the unit that you have? But people, I think, buy cars because they're emotional rather than they need them. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it, it's a really good point because when, when you take a look at that perspective of what, uh, you know, when we purchase a vehicle and the fact that we would work to, to maintain it and extend its life, it, it does have a significant impact on what goes into to landfill eventually or to a scrapyard. Yes. And so besides just having a huge economic upside in maintaining a vehicle and extending its life, there is also a significant environmental impact. And I won't bore you with the details, but we, we work with um, the University of Windsor over the last five years on a study that relates to that as to the impact of what keeping your vehicle and extending its life from four, six years to eight, 10, 12 years and beyond, what it will do for landfills uh, going into the future 10, 20, 30 years. You know, you bring up a great point because a lot of people nowadays, like David mentioned, and they get bored of cars and they want to trade them every couple of years. But the whole idea is this, to make that car last that many more years, you get crown applied. You get the, you know, you have it rust proofed of some kind. And uh, that way, at least you're, you're, when you go to get traded and either trade it or sell it privately, you're going to get that much more for it because the next owner of that car is going to be quite appreciative of the fact that someone took care of it. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Alan. And, and, and you know, let, let's be honest. I mean, I, I may represent a company and, and, and crown Crown is an important part of this, but it's only a part of it, right? If, if, if you're not doing good regular mechanical maintenance, well, your vehicle's not going to be on the road. So mm-hmm. there's, there, there's, there's multiple sides to this equation. 
Uh, but it, but it, it all relates to the same thing, that if, if you take care and look after something, it'll take care and look after you. It's going to last. And then the other benefits come in of the, of the saving money, the environmental aspect of it. You know, imagine, too, if we were forced, if there was a vehicle shortage, what would we be doing as consumers? Would we be focusing more on preventative maintenance? For sure we would. Well, why would we have to wait for that to happen? Um, you know, so this, so this is something I would say that we are very uh, passionate about in trying to uh, educate consumers on this message. Trevor, there's something that I'd like to talk about, which is there is a push for electric vehicles, EVs, they're called them BEVs, plug-in BVs. The reality is they want to produce all electric vehicles by 2035. Now, that's a lot of technology changing. And there's a lot of problems that comes with that. Now, you're actually working with the electrical companies to, to, to make the product work. Yeah, absolutely we are, David. Probably for about three or four years now, we've been working with manufacturers dealing with electrical issues with uh, lighting and plug-ins, primarily with uh, heavy-duty trucks. Uh, in the bus industry, uh, farming industry, things like that, because they've been dealing with the challenge related to moisture getting inside the connections. But since manufacturers have been doing their R&D and producing these electric vehicles, um, we're also now working with them to come up with a way to, again, it, it's to address very specific issues that will affect uh, things like the batteries and the components, the connections that that tie this into a vehicle. Uh, how do we help mitigate some of the damage from moisture and in areas where we put chlorides on the road with it? So again, a very small aspect of it, but a, a large component because if if your battery is not functioning properly or if there's corrosion on it, it will affect the operation of these vehicles. And ironically, the battery, because of its weight, um, is at the bottom of the vehicle, which is the closest to the road. <laughs> That's exactly. right. Yeah. That's so, right. I mean, you know, you, you have it tucked underneath the, the floor pan, for example. And, and I don't know. I haven't seen one up close. I don't know if are they in a compartment or are they actually exposed? Have you seen a lot of these, Trevor? Um, it depends on the type of type of structure it is. For instance, um, in in buses, uh, the battery is actually has its own enclosed housing. Okay, so that would be uh, a little bit better for it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And so the challenge in there, though, is how much heat is generated, and if you generate heat and have a temperature differential, how much moisture will actually be in that area? Right. Right. And, and of course, you have to be able to vent it. And then could, if you're venting it, is there a way that it may draw in uh, dust, dirt, thing, things like that? Mm -hmm. All right, Super, we got to take a break right now, but we want you to hang around and we're going to talk more about Yeah, we actually have an email for you. OK, there you go. Trevor, Perfect. hang on to your hat and we'll be right back after these breaks. OK. Welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, we have Trevor Hutchison with us from Crown. Trevor, we got an email. A uh, customer says that his car has been sprayed with a tar-based product, and now he wants to switch to Crown because the company that installed the tar-based product ain't no more. It went out of business. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that, that is a, a familiar refrain uh, that we hear. 
so the simple answer is yes. Uh, it, it is uh, perfectly safe to, to use the Crown uh, if a tar-based product has been sprayed before. Uh, most of the tar-based products um, actually use uh, a petroleum in them. Uh, they also contain a very high solvent content. So that's when the solvent evaporates out of the product, that's what allows it to solidify and cure, so to speak. But generally now, uh, tar-based products are used uh, mainly as, as a sound deadening or an yeah. undercoating in the wheel wells, right? It's black. Um, it covers it up. And so uh, that's why people would use them. I have uh, to tell you, as a mechanic, we love tar-based products. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Well, it wasn't bad when it was dry. It was really bad when it was wet. And I can tell you, we lost the car once. Did you? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was when I worked at the dealership. And normally we did the pre-delivery inspection first. And then they would send it for the application afterwards. But things got messed up and the car came back wet. And then we had to lift it up. And, and it was such a good lubricant. Oh, they slipped the, off the, the ice. two arms of the ice <laughs> just slipped right out. A terrible situation. <laughs> you know, uh, but we're it's finally going to be springtime, apparently, to Mr. Uh, Gopher. And um, this is a good time of year, but specifically, like you're talking about, like if there's another product on there, you want your crown to seep and to get into these cracks and crevices. And, and that's why this is the best time of year, correct? It absolutely is. As, as we start to see the temperature change, and, and it certainly looks like next week we're going to see uh, at least a temporary bump in the temperature, yeah. and, which is great, right? So we all feel better when the weather is good. What happens, though, and part of the reason that you'll see, uh, you know, flowers start to poking their heads through in the spring is because now moisture gets to the ground. So you get the combination of the sunshine and the moisture. But what that means for corrosion is that once you get above about 28, 30% relative humidity is that corrosion really starts to engage because of the moisture. And so you, if you take a look at, at the roads, you could see now on a clear road, you've still got the five or six stripes going down it that discolor the, the asphalt. Mm -hmm. And that's because this is the, the brine, the magnesium calcium chloride mix that many cities put on the road. So now you take this moisture, this moisture now activates that, and that's what gets kicked up underneath our vehicles. That's why as mechanics, uh, you'll see things like, like you know, uh, rust jacking on braking components. Uh, you'll start to see some surface corrosion starts to occur. And so that's why the spring is the most important time to actually spray your vehicle because we can get it up on a hoist. We can use our proprietary product salt eliminator to clean the chassis and then you can now treat it uh, with our rust inhibitor and your salt eliminator works inside the car as well <laughs> yes as 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 uh, dear mr redinger always says is that uh you know the salt staining that we get on our carpet mm -hmm. um salt eliminator is really a fantastic product to be able to remove that and so we when we were still doing home shows in that uh, we would demonstrate this to people, but a simple way you can do it is to, you know, make sure there's no loose debris on your carpet. And if you spritz a little bit of water on it, and then you take our salt eliminator and spray it on, leave it for about a minute, take a firm brush and agitate it, then you can remove that salt because what the salt eliminator does is it breaks the bond of the chloride to uh, the carpet fiber. 
and you'll be able to remove it safely without damaging your carpet. Yeah, some carpets have so much salt they're stuck to the to the car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So th- those ones I might recommend you have to replace the carpet, or you're going to have to do it a couple of times. All right, Trevor, we're going to have to run, but uh, your stores are all open, and how to make people get in touch and make appointments. Yes, Alan. So we we are all fully open right now, and uh, you can reach us through our website at crown.com, and uh, you can email or phone our shops from there. And uh, that's great. So I'm I'm glad. So we're going to have to get you in the studio one of these days, eh? Yeah. We we look forward to it, and I hope, gentlemen, please, please, uh, if we can, give to one of your listeners a a free crown application on me this morning uh we'd love to uh get them back in all right super crown dots com. don't be insulted if we don't invite you down here okay (laughs) gotta run have a great (laughs) weekend bye-bye this is dave's corner garage we'll be right back after the break talking to john carmichael from omvic about some more bad busts that are going on Alrighty, Dave's Corner Garage, we're back, and uh, we have an interesting story for you. Uh, 16 people were just recently arrested for fraudulent purchasing of vehicles. 431 charges were involved. $2.85 million worth of goods had disappeared. That's a whole and lot to of talk dough. about it, yeah, is Mr. John Carmichael from Omvic. John, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Dave, good morning. Good. Breaking up a bit. Um Tell us the story. Well, this is this is a York Region police success. Oh, can you hear me? No, actually, you're breaking up. Um, oh, how's this? That's better. Okay, we'll try that. Uh, this is a York Region uh, police success, and Omvik um, was uh, remotely involved. We supported the initiative, but uh, the York Region Police Force did an incredible job. Of breaking this crime ring and uh, and finding the uh, the perpetrators and as you said arresting 16 people and uh, 431 charges. So who launched the original original complaints though? Was it the dealers because they were getting ripped off? Oh, likely yes. Uh, I don't actually have that. Uh, this is called Project Rover. Uh, this started back in November, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the um, Lots of vehicles by dealers would have provoked the, uh, the concern or complaints initially. So for the most part, people walked into the dealership. They had fake IDs, false financial loan applications, yeah. and, uh, and the dealer released the, the, the dealer, I guess, at that point relinquished the car. They didn't know that, that everything was false. And then they, 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 they just basically disappeared. And in a lot of cases, these cars were shipped abroad as well. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, in the end, only four vehicles were recovered of uh, some 19 or 48 no, sorry, we're that were uh, fraudulently purchased. Question, uh, you know, because of actually exported because of, uh, you know, COVID and now so much things have to be done virtually, you know, or, or online now. You find that this leads more to this kind of fraud happening? Well, I think it opens the door to those that are creatively trying to circumvent the system. Yeah. And uh, you have to keep in mind, and Dave mentioned it, you know, dealers go through the transaction. They're doing all of the dotting of I's and crossing of T's as they have to do and completing a document. But then it goes to the finance institution who then do their due diligence on the buyer 
And these guys have, um, these, these uh, car thieves have perfected a system of taking uh, false identification and running it through uh, finance sources who approve it, comes back to the dealer, and it's not until those approvals are complete that the dealer will actually release a vehicle. Well, I guess the dealer figures that if the bank gave the guy approval, that he must be good. <laughs> Absolutely. But that, Absolutely. That, but that's not and, the case, yeah? Yeah, and the dealer has to work very closely with their finance source to, uh, to ensure that they're, uh, they're meeting all of the requirements and getting this, the uh, transaction properly completed. John, are they uh, taking shortcuts because um, there's this pressure to get the product out there? I mean, dealers are always under pressure to move the, ma- the cars and get the numbers and make your, make your month and that sort of stuff. And, you know, once they approve it at, uh, at the sign-up, uh, as far as the deal is concerned, it's a deal, and then all of a sudden it collapses a month and a half later. Dave, I don't think so. Uh, no? I believe dealers do what they have to do to ensure that uh, every I is dotted and T crossed, because otherwise they're not going to get paid for that vehicle. Mm-hmm. So these these perpetrators come in and and uh, with false identifications put through uh, transactions on le- legitimate um, names and consumers who may end up getting burned because they bought a vehicle that they weren't even aware their uh, ah. identity was being used to purchase. So it's identity theft. Absolutely. Uh, I was speaking with a dealer not long ago who um, they had pictures of the individual. He and his wife came in, uh, senior couple, uh, perfectly legitimate seeming transaction. And they drove away at the end of uh, a week of transaction uh, a deal. And the vehicle ended up over in uh, some foreign uh, foreign land. But you said a lot of those vehicles will stay here as well. Now, if if these people now go and sell the car, um, is the next person protected, or are they on the hook for it? Well, that that's a good question. Well, I'm not sure where that uh, that has ended up. Obviously, if there's a lien on a car, mm. and that car goes through, say, an auction or is sold, hopefully the dealer who uh, is purchasing that vehicle will identify that lien and go back to the finance source and uh, ensure that nobody gets burned on the way through. But again, this brings up the point that this is where people shouldn't be, you know, thinking about price only and trying to save money by buying privately. They should be buying from a registered dealer. Well, I, I think that's critical. Now, these are all dealers who are... Uh, the guys are get, getting burned, price. yeah, but the, the resellers not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, so this is where it's important. You know, you want to be protected, especially these are high-end vehicles. These cars are probably going for fifty grand, seventy-five thousand dollars, and hundred, hundred, hundred. Well, yeah, you got Mercedes, Benz, Land Rover, Audi, BMW, mm-hmm. Toyota, Lexus, and Ford, all included in the uh, the mix of those vehicles. So you're talking eighty, ninety thousand dollars a unit. Sure, you are. Now, what's the compensation fund go up to if somebody gets burned by one of these guys? Well, the compensation goes up to a maximum of Mm $45,000. But in these cases, there may be insurance components or the financial institution who has approved the transaction may go back and and, uh, reimburse the dealer. So in other words, what you're saying is this is going to take years to clear up. Could very well, yes. Right, I mean, you, this could be four or five years before this all clears up, and the guy, the dealers are out the money uh, well, working with it. Yeah, you're dealing with so much technology in uh, in the transactions today that uh, this could take a long while. And you figure 431 charges 
how long is it going to take for uh, mm-hmm. those individuals to be properly uh, convicted and uh, and uh, the situation resolved just at that end? John, I want to ask you another question. We were talking about technology earlier. I had someone in who kept saying their cell phone was getting advertising on it from dealers for cars. And, of course, it, and it had a picture of the car and it had a price. And, you know, you guys are talking about advertised price, but these people walked into the dealership and they want to buy that car and they're told, oh, 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 well, that, that's not the car that we're selling here. Is, does the technology loosen up the laws or it doesn't really affect them at all? Well, I think that's another situation where somebody's trying to circumvent the system, mm-hmm. and that's when you call on Vic and ask for help. Uh, that's what we're there for. We are a consumer protection agency, and uh, either go on onvic.ca to uh, contact us or phone us at 416-226-4500 and let us get involved to see if we can help you out on that. That's great. So it's not necessarily just a print ad. It's We're talking about ads they see anywhere yeah. online. A- Absolutely. Okay. Yes, that's, that's the law. Yes, fascinating. So, uh, is there any protection for the dealers in a situation like this? Is does Omvix stand up for the dealers, or are they on their own with their own legal help? No, we work with dealers all day as well. Um, we have a dealer support service that uh, dealers are our registrant. So, we where a dealer has a, a specific problem, uh, such as this type of uh, criminal activity coming into their business. Uh, OMVIC gets involved. We have investigators who will go out and uh, participate with police. Um, now, our, our role in this particular situation was minimal, but our investigators did play a role in supporting York Region and, um, and trying to find a resolution to this. And we only do that because our dealer uh, registrants will let us know they have a problem. Fascinating. So say it again, OMVIC. What's the website? OMVIC. Or 416-226-4500. So if you have an issue or you think you have an issue, here's the, that's where to call. But again, you call know, and this... ask for our consumer support department and they will help you out immediately. Tell them John sent you. John sent you. There you go. That'll get you a burger and something else. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you very much, John. All the best, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, thanks. Thank Have you. a great weekend. And this is important, you know, and everybody wants to save money, especially now. Get today, you know, money's tight. Well, and they think that they're going to get a, a great deal down at the local coffee shop, you know, if they buy it from an you don't have, You have no idea what's going on out there. I mean, they're they, what's called revinning cars. What's that? They steal a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, they purchased, first off, a write-off and grabbed the serial number and all the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Now they go steal the same car and switch to plates. And the bottom line is the guy's buying a stolen car with legitimate plates on it. But the reality is it's the whole thing is a scam. Oh, wow. And he ends up losing. So in other words, you can't VIN. You can't VIN. You can't VIN. (laughs) So no VINning, but that's the reality. It's a zoo. The best thing to do is you buy from a registered dealer. You may pay more, but you got backup. Exactly. And you're entitled to see the guy's certificate. Yep. You have one in your wallet? Yes, I do. Yeah, because you're a used, uh, a real used car salesman. But I am actually retiring end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> if right. it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, uh, it may not be a duck. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's a car-carrying duck, we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. All right, we're after the break. We're going to be talking to Officer Kerry Schmidt, our favorite OPP sergeant, and talk about tow truck wars. 
Is it like Star Wars or it's something worse. different? It's worse. It's worse. worse. People are getting killed. Oh, they're going to get it right up their galactic side there. Well, I'm not going there. Okay, <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, we're not going to get to all the phone calls, by the way. So if you're on hold and you are holding for uh, us to get and talk to you. We will talk to you after the show, so we'll come back to you and give you a shout, answer all your questions. And, There's a uh, flashing red light behind you, Dave. We're going to be talking about... Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the OPP. You better there pull we over. Uh, we're going to be talking about the tow truck industry, which is just going through a really tough time. Uh, the reason the tow truck industry is so lucrative is because after a crash, a car will likely need repairs. The driver might need physiotherapy. There are storage charges. There are basically what has happened is there's a system of kickbacks and commissions to these drivers. So that's why they're chasing uh, the vehicles. With us is Sergeant OPP uh, Barry Schmidt. I like your haircut. I changed my mind, Kerry. Oh, I, I love that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> so let's talk about these tow truck wars. And we used to call them chasers. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when you say how lucrative the business is, uh, one thing I have heard from, from uh, a lot of tow truck operators is it's not as lucrative now because there's not as many wrecks happening, and that makes it that ah. much more pressure for these guys to make a buck. And, uh, and when that happens, there's so much more intense uh, competition to get to the the wreck that's happening out there that needs towing, but uh, but yeah, just to clarify that as well, it it certainly can be lucrative. But you know, when there's no wrecks on the highway and they're chasing, and that's how they make money. Now uh, they're desperate for uh, the scraps they find. They're even uh, into the police radios; like they get copies or illegal copies. Uh, well, that I don't know, but I've, that's been uh, an investigation that happened through Toronto Police Service. Yeah, I don't know about that. We have uh, tow truck drivers that scan our radio. So at this time, uh, you can go on scanner.com probably or whatever, and you can hear broadcasts uh, of OPPs. Now, we are having a new radio system uh, coming forward in the coming uh, months and years, I guess, as uh, we transition into an encrypted system that will uh, limit the the ability for them to listen, but uh, when we need when we need support, obviously we need to be able to reach them, and there will be a way for them to uh, broadcast uh, to uh, the the industry and say that we need a police request to tow or a uh, a, a public person uh, request for a tow if they don't have their own roadside service uh, available. I understand. Uh, the question I had was, um, I lost it. <laughs> I forgot the question. <laughs> well, you know what? It's funny. I, as, no, as, as an old uh, amateur radio operator, I can tell you that I always saw tow trucks, and they looked like porcupines. Because yeah, with all had, the wires. They yeah. had so many antennas sticking up. Yeah, but but, yeah. but even, you know, whenever somebody comes out with new technology, there's always somebody else who wants to circumvent it. I'm so I'm sure there'll be people that can get around it. Sure. It, you know, so there there is uh, some changes, obviously, coming in the industry right now. The government just announced a new uh, pilot project. Project, and which we want to talk about that and yeah. how that's going this to is, work. Is this where they assign certain companies to certain areas? Are you talking? Well, yeah, that's the proposal right now. Okay. So right now on the highways, uh, if there's a wreck somewhere and uh, the police are dispatched to that, uh, tow trucks or anybody who wants to is, is listening and they hear where there's a crash happening. And so at that point, uh, tows very often will mobilize to that location uh, to find out. Now, I want to be clear that 
when it comes to solicitation, uh, you may think of that as a as a, another type of industry, but solicitation on the highways uh, is not permitted. Mm. If you are involved in a collision and a tow truck driver approaches and offers you his services, that's actually prohibited in, in the Highway Traffic Act. Um, I, I, I just need people to understand that when you are in need of a tow truck, uh, you can call one for sure, but if you start getting uh, swarmed by operators, and, and again, the competition is strong, they're going to be very nice to you to try to get your business, but you have power. And you have the ability to make a decision, and I just want drivers to remember, don't be signing papers. Have a full understanding of what your vehicle actually needs, where they're going to take it, and, and have control. Call your insurance company, call someone you trust, because if you're involved in a collision, that's likely one of the most stressful things that you'll ever experience um, You know, in your car uh, when you're broken down with live lanes. And someone will come up and tell you that you, know, you need to get towed, get my truck, and I'll take care of you, and I'll give you a rental car, and uh, mm-hmm. you won't pay deductible, we'll, we'll hook up with your insurance. And they make it sound so nice and easy. And only later, when you when you maybe relax, do you realize, like, wait a second, I could have driven this car to the shoulder. I could have driven this off to the exit. Yeah, the bumpers, you know, banged up, and um, there's a there's a few issues there. But you know, I could have made my own arrangements because now I don't have a car. I don't have anything. And and that's one thing I want people to remember: you have power. Call your insurance company before you make a decision. Before you authorize someone to tow your vehicle, and certainly don't sign your name to anything, especially a work order, which may include repairs and body shops and everything that you may not want to do business with. Gary, also, because of COVID, you know, the drivers are not allowing people to be get in their trucks anymore. Yeah, there's been some uh, some issues with that around as well, where uh, tow operators uh, aren't permitting their uh, customers to get in their vehicle, and they have to call for a taxi to come pick them up. I don't know where that stands right now, if that's still a common practice or not. Uh, I think uh, you know, as long as they're wearing a mask and, and they're not symptomatic, I, I think there may be some uh, um, some uh, ability around that, but I'd have to double-check that. But that has been an issue in the past as well. And sometimes if you have a family of uh, five or six, you're not all going to fit in that little tow truck, and, uh, and you will be looking for So we've had an accident, and we're both this side of the road, the both both guys are are upset. What do we do? First thing is to call the insurance company. Well, first the things first is to be safe. Uh, so if you're blocking a live lane, yeah. you are in harm's way. Don't get out of your car uh, because you're if you get hit, you are going to be finished. So if your vehicle is drivable, again, don't flee the scene because you need to exchange information with the other driver. But just tell them. I'm going to get off to the shoulder. There's an exit right there, just a kilometer on the road. There's a, there's a gas station where I'm going to pull into. Let's meet there and talk and okay. drive off together and, and be safe. So get to the shoulder, get someplace. Then exchange information. If there's an injury, if there's, if there's an issue, if you think someone's drunk or there's a criminality aspect, you need to call the police. Now, 911, emergency star OPP on your cell phone, uh, whatever number you have, uh, call us, and we will make sure that uh, investigators get there to investigate. Now, 
And if you need an ambulance and injuries, obviously that, that takes priority for sure. Once you have a chance to relax, before you say yes to anybody in terms of towing services and, and help, call your insurance company. They may have uh, a preferred ability to uh, dispatch and, and call tows and, and uh, which body shop they recommend. And you'll be in much better standing because I have gotten plenty of phone calls from insurance companies, um, uh, auditors and adjusters calling me and saying, listen, you remember this crash that happened, whatever, five months ago? You know, I got a, we have a bill here from a towing company for tens of thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars. You may not think that's believable. For storage. For, not for storage, for maintenance, for repairs, for cleanup, for remediation. Holy for of the highway for... And this involves passenger vehicles. This is not just transport trucks. Now, transport truck uh, cleanups can be very expensive with lots of equipment, but this was from a passenger vehicle, and I was floored by that. And so uh, that's why it's so important that the insurance company then may go into a not dispute with the uh, towing company, and in the meantime, your vehicle is being held hostage. And won't won't be released. So if you go into this these uh, uh, arrangements with the insurance company, knowing who you're going in with, uh, you'll have a much better uh, chance of getting your vehicle in a timely manner and not having it uh, be held back as collateral. All right. Speaking of timely manner, we got to jump out for a break. Uh, you want to stick around? We can talk after. Sure, you bet. A lot, lot to talk about. All right, super. We've got Kerry Schmidt on the phone, uh, OPP Sergeant Extraordinaire, and we got Dave and myself and Carlos, and we'll all be right back. My name is Alan Gelman, and we've been talking to uh, Kerry Schmidt, PP, this OPP Sergeant Kerry Schmidt, I should say, uh, about the tow truck wars. Everybody's seen about it. They've, they've known about the, the terror that's been going on, these tow trucks beating up on each other, and Dave explained it because there's so much money involved. That's yes. why they're doing it. So, Kerry, I, I, I've had an accident in the live lane, as we were talking earlier, and you instruct a tow truck to get my car off the road. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. The suggestion you also made was, hey, he can just take it off the road or take it to the next gas station or exit. Is there a specific fee, or how much should I have to pay just for that? Yeah, do you know what? A standard tow truck uh, hook, uh, they'll pick it up, they'll take you to the reporting center, and allow you to make that report to uh, police, and then take it back to uh, the pound or wherever it is, to the pot body shop. Should be a couple hundred dollars, three, four hundred dollars, I think is a kind of a typical tow truck uh, property damage impound with no special accessories if you don't need dollies and you don't need there's a lot of time waiting and all kinds of other other issues now you'd have Um, to pay that yourself right but your insurance company would give it back to you yeah you can you can pay it right then and there and uh, tow trucks are required to accept payment by credit card Mm -hmm. it's not that uh, because you don't have five hundred dollars cash on you that they're not going to take it if you get to the pound you can, um, you know, they, their service has been completed. And at that point, you can have that uh, vehicle taken to whatever location you need uh, for the insurance adjusters or for the body shop to be done. Uh, very often, tow truck drivers will have a preferred body shop that they work with, and, and that's where they're going to make their, maybe their, their commission. And so uh, be aware of who is doing your work. If you want warranty service from your dealer, 
or any other preferred uh, body shop that you have a, a relationship with, uh, you can take them anywhere. Just be careful what you're signing. And so if a, if a person tells you, here, just sign here, and we'll make sure everything works perfect, it, and they will tell you that the body shop is insurance company approved, it's warranty approved, it's new vehicles, and they use new parts, and, and they do a great job, that's fine. I'm sure they do a very great job. But let's say you're traveling out of town and you're in an area you don't know. Maybe you want that car taken back to your hometown where your your neighbor, who's a body shop guy, can do the work. And he can do a great job as well. So, But if you signed your name to a work order, now you're in a position where you don't have control. And so I just want drivers to be very careful what they're agreeing to, what they're signing, because as soon as you relinquish control, you relinquish the ability to make decisions. And that is the danger, and that's usually when we start getting complaints from customers saying they can't get their car out of the shop, and they they have to pay all kinds of exorbitant fees that don't seem reasonable, but yet if they've signed the document, it's there's now a civil liability issue. It's it's not like the door-to-door salesman that's where you have a seven-day cooling-off period to uh, change your mind if you don't want to buy whatever uh, where they're they're selling you at the door. And this is a contract you've entered into under your own free will, I guess. So you know, just you know, just being aware. But I know it's scary, and I've talked to so many victims, and and they just said the person came up and they were just so kind. And, and and that kindness is great, and we love that because we are kind and great people, but all of a sudden it's business at the other end of the equation, and now you're now you're getting stressed and, and annoyed because you no longer have the ability to make those decisions, and the bill comes back, and your insurance has to pay this, uh, this massive amount that may not have been the, uh, the situation had you uh, called That's your insurance right. company first and used the company that you wanted to and, and gone there under your own. Gary, the CAA came out with a bill of rights for people for tow trucks. Yeah. Uh, I suggest they, they download that. Uh, that'll yeah. give them an idea of what's going on. And the other question I had just quickly before we go, it's a leased vehicle. Do you actually own the vehicle and do you actually, <clears throat> excuse me, have the rights to sign for it? I mean, it's a rented car. It doesn't belong to you. Well, if it's uh, if it's leased uh, to a, a, a finance company, it's the vehicle is still uh, it's you're the one responsible for it, and, ah, and you're okay. the one making decisions, and it's in your name. Uh, you're the operator of that vehicle at the time, so um, you know that's uh, it's always better to call again. Who is the ultimate uh, owner of that vehicle? And if you're in a true rental vehicle, make sure you call your rental company the moment uh, you get into a wreck. Cause they may have their other other issues. And again, I have seen many cars come to collision reporting centers. When I look at them, like, yeah, do you know what? This car probably would still be drivable. Sure. Uh, it's got a dent in the fender, but you know, there's no issues there. All right, Kerry, we got to run. Thank you All for right. joining us, Star OPP. If you got a problem on the side of the road, there you uh, go. Anytime. Okay. All righty. Thanks everybody for joining in today. We had a great show as usual. John Carmichael, Kerry Schmidt. And Mr. Uh, the Crown Prince, we had him as well. Got to run, everybody. Thanks, Carlos. We'll see you next week. Have a Bye-bye. great weekend. Bye-bye. John Carmichael, Kerry Schmidt, and Mr. Uh, the Crown Prince, we had him as well. Got to run, everybody. Thanks, Carlos. 
We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.